Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable, and that's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China, where I have just spent the morning meeting with one of my favorite pastors and um, one of our Back to Jerusalem workers here inside of China, and was just blown away by the information that he shared with me this morning, and I really have to share it with you. For those of you that have been praying for Back to Jerusalem, supporting Back to Jerusalem, I think that this would be good news for you. If it's not, I don't really care because it's great news for me and I'm super excited and I can be excited all by myself. So I'm, I'm sitting in my room. It, by the way, it was, a, it was a really difficult last 24 hours. Um, I was supposed to meet with my pastor friend in Zhengzhou. And uh, yesterday I started off with a flight that was supposed to take off at noon from Hong Kong to Zhengzhou. I wasn't able to get on that flight. There was a problem with the seating. So I had to take a vehicle to Shenzhen Airport. And at Shenzhen Airport, I had to arrange... I'm sitting here beside one of our B2J workers who helped arrange my tickets. And um, she had to arrange for me a 355 flight. But the 355 flight was canceled. And so... Yeah, it was a four o'clock. Yeah, so four. Uh, no, no seats. <laughs> no seats. Okay, so it was full. So that that flight was full. Yeah, so the three fifty five flight was was full. Then there was a, a different flight, a next flight, which was what time? Six uh, six uh, fifteen. Yeah. No, before that one, there was another one, but they yes. canceled it. So it's you booked uh, that flight, but it was five five fifteen p.m. Yeah, so 5.50 p.m., that flight was canceled. Yes. Then I took the 6.15 flight, yeah. <clears throat> checked in for that flight, and then they changed the the um, takeoff departure time from 6.15 to 8 o'clock, from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, from 10 o'clock to 12.05 midnight. And so finally, I, I called you and I said, you know what, I'm not able to come not tomorrow morning there is a flight that will leave at 6 a.m i will arrive in Zhengzhou at 8 30 we can meet at that time and i was just so humbled so i asked her you know can can you book for me the six o'clock flight and uh, and i'm just going to cancel this flight and you said okay and i am was just blown away and almost in tears actually when you sent me back a message that said don't worry we're going to fly to you. So you and my good pastor friend got on a plane and flew to join me in Shenzhen. Yes. Or at least that was your hope. So <laughs> you is. you were supposed to arrive last night at midnight, but your flight did not depart until 3 a.m. You arrived this morning at 6 a.m. to Shenzhen, and we've been meeting in my room since about 7 a.m. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> and you went to your room. You took a really quick shower. That was at seven o'clock. It's naughty. It's just past nine thirty, and we've already checked out of your room. So you only had that room for two hours, and you were not even in there. You went in there, took a shower, yes. and then you came right over to my room to meet with me and and our pastor friend. I'm not going to say his name uh, on this recording, but anyway. I'm sitting together with my my pastor friend and we're supporting the projects that he is doing in Cambodia. Right now, there is a training facility um, that he is building up in Cambodia. Um, I would, if, if you feel a desire to give... Uh, please write in and say that you're giving money towards the Cambodian project. We're raising $30,000 for Cambodia for uh, the end of 2017, where this pastor and his team that is in Cambodia, he's got about four families that are working there right now, and they're purchasing a piece of property where they can run a training facility uh, almost like they have here in China. They have an amazing training facility here in China that trains up the Chinese that are ready to go out. And it's phenomenal. The amount of things that he has at this training facility, they learn how to farm. They learn how to raise goats. They learn how to raise um, chicken and even rabbits. Um, they learn how to clean uh, the, the meat, the, kill the animals, clean the meat, and, and they raise their own food. So the fruits that they eat, um, the vegetables that they eat, they all grow themselves there at the farm. And not only do they grow the vegetables themselves, but they also, and we have been working together with them and supporting this operation that they've been doing inside of China for many years. And uh, so those of you that are supporting Back to Jerusalem, you've been a part of what this pastor has been doing. And so not only are they growing vegetables and, and growing their own meat and providing all their own food, they are also uh, growing what they need, like the wheat and stuff, to be able to make their own noodles. So they even make their own noodles and make their own bread. They make their own dumpling. And they make their own dumplings yeah. as well. Yeah, the meat means from the sheep that they, uh, how to say? They that raise. they raise. Yeah, right. And also the vegetables was came from their farm. So which means it's very natural. Uh, attract a lot of local workers, which means uh, um, the workers who are working in the office, the top the top leader in the office, they are really enjoy about natural food. Uh, so they already opened for almost half a year, so which means the business are so good. A lot of company workers, a lot of local leaders, they came to there to enjoy about it. Yeah, so uh, what you're talking about is um, the the food that they're growing on the farm. They're able yes. to make their, their own vegetables, their own meat, their own noodles, and their own dumplings, as you just pointed out. And because they're able to make all of these their own food, um, they're at the school for the students. We really don't pay anything for the students to go through the school because the school, basically, the the students all go to the farm. They all work on the farm. They wake up very early in the morning. They do their, their prayer time at 5 a.m. from 5 a.m. they go out to the fields they work in the fields they come back for breakfast uh, they go back out to the fields they come back for Bible study they study the Bible and then after Bible study they go back out to the fields they do lunch they come back for Bible study they go back out to the fields they come back for dinner and then they go to bed it is a, it is a hard life on the Bible farm uh, that's what I would call it is the Bible farm uh, but what, what they did uh, about six months ago uh, what you are talking about is that they started a restaurant. Yeah. 
and this restaurant makes noodles and dumplings. I'm sorry, they make dumplings, Chinese dumplings. It's a dumpling restaurant, and all of their ingredients are raised on the farm naturally, so it's all organic. So the offices, as you were saying, all the offices, surrounding offices, a lot of the high-end executives and managers and, and uh, entrepreneurs, they have a high concern about what kind of food they're putting in their body. Many of them like to have natural ingredients, organic ingredients in their food. So they are coming to our restaurant or uh, our pastor's restaurant and eating. And of course, this is just another back to Jerusalem training facility that all the people that are working there, I think he said there's how many people? Six. Yeah, so there's six back to Jerusalem workers running this restaurant. And basically, they are training themselves up to leave out of China and run the same kind of operation in another country. Um, and, and the other thing that they're doing right now that they're starting up this year is to also show the people how to run like a massage, a Chinese massage business. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. And it, it, Chinese massage can basically be done anywhere for a very low so, overhead. Yes. So, uh, you, for instance, you can go to... Um, Vietnam and open up a small little shop and and do massage for very yes. uh, low overhead to start up the business a very low capital for initial investment so uh, this pastor is just radical when it comes to doing training I mean how many Bible schools do you know of that run their own farm, the students feed themselves, the students work on the farm, the students learn how to farm, and then they take those skills from the Bible school to the nations in which they serve. It is a very unique situation, I believe, here in China with Back to Jerusalem and what this pastor is doing and what he is accomplishing. I'm, all, I'm always blown away. I'm always surprised whenever I go to his farm. And, and, and his farm, if you go there right now, on each side you see this these long rows of dragon fruit trees. And dragon fruit has been a big seller for him. And every time I go there, I see more and more items. He's got so many chickens. Uh, how many chickens do you think he has right now? How <laughs> So about seven to eight hundred chickens, and I often call them the gospel chicken farm. And the reason I call them the gospel chicken farm is because they take their chickens when they are only little chicks, and then they turn on very loud Christian praise and worship music while they feed these chicken, these chicklets. And so these little chicks that they, that, that they have on their farm, they feed them only when they're blasting this gospel music. And so as the chickens get older, they allow the chickens to do free range. And when they play the music really loud, they pull out the speakers, they play the music, and then the chickens all come back for feeding. Um, it's it's an amazing setup. About how many eggs do they get per day? Um, you know, they have they have hens and chickens as well. So for the hens, have 
more than one hundred and more more than one hundred to two hundred eggs. More than one hundred to two hundred eggs. <laughs> yeah. So per day. Yeah. And so, I mean, that is a big breakfast for all of the Chinese students because they they have what probably about thirty students right now. You have thirty students, right? Seven hundred. No, no, no. Your students have how many? Farm students. Yes, right. More than thirty students in a farm. Yeah. So forty, more than forty. Okay, so more than forty students. So, more than 40 students. so you got more than forty students and more than two hundred eggs. Uh, so, so with more than forty students, we have about three. We have about what uh, four or five eggs per person, uh, and that is before all of the vegetables. Most Chinese eat a lot of vegetables, and because many of the students are from Hunan, they do the noodles. They like the noodles for breakfast. And, and uh, by the way, you know, for the eggs and the vegetables and the meat, you know, uh, Joshua had, you know, he had a lot of missionary. Uh, who are couples or single who are living in Shenzhen or Guangzhou, and they also send uh, those uh, uh, eggs, those chickens, and uh, those vegetables to each family and missionary by free. Yeah, I know. He tries to give me like bags of free eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> he tries to give me these bags of eggs and veggies and, and dead animals. And I, I, like one time, he gave me a chicken. I can't travel across the border into <laughs> Hong Kong or get on an airplane with dead chickens and 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 fresh <laughs> eggs, especially when the fresh eggs they don't come in an egg cart and they come in a a a plastic bag. So he, he double bags them, you know, and gives me this big bag full of eggs. Just like tens of eggs,、um, and there's nothing I can really do with them, but I can't really turn them down either.、Uh, but his his farm has been amazing. But it's not about his farm that I want to talk to you about, because there was something that was amazing, and I have to be very very careful on how I explain it because I can't give away too much information. But he has made friends with a Muslim imam. Yes, in Gansu province. Yeah, so he has he has made friends with a Muslim imam, and has started to build a friendship. And he said that the imam really liked him. Yes, even sent him a Quran as a treasure gift to him. Yeah, gave him a gift. Gave him a what? What did he give him? Quran. How to say Quran? A, a kind of a book. Oh, a Quran! Yeah, so he gave him a Quran、yeah. um, as a gift, a treasured gift.、Yeah. Uh, to he gave it to. Does does he know that our friend is a pastor? I don't think so. No. So um, um, he has made connection with him, and、yes. not just him, but several other Muslims as well. And so I'm sitting here looking at a picture in my room this morning of several Chinese that are working together with the pastor that have dressed up like Muslims, wearing the Muslim hats. The women are wearing the Muslim covering, and they've gone into the Muslim mosques to work together with the Muslims to bring them the gospel. Inside of the mosque itself, directly to the imam. But I haven't even got to the good part yet. I know that's amazing, but now there's a minority group. I don't want to say the minority group because the minority group is so small that their location is easy to identify if anybody from the Chinese government listens to this podcast. So I can't tell you the the people group, but it's a very small. A Muslim people group inside of China, and this Muslim people group 
don't even know, many of them don't even know that they're Chinese. If you go to their villages, they don't even know that they live in China. They don't speak Chinese. They don't watch Chinese news. They don't go to Chinese schools. Um, they believe that they're just their own people living out in the mountains in nobody's country. I, I watched a news broadcast one time of this Muslim group being interviewed by the Chinese, uh, by a Chinese um, a journalist. And the Chinese journalist asks them, have they heard about China? I mean, it sounded like an absurd question, but the person being interviewed responded, yeah, I've heard of that country before. They're over there as if they were a separate country. So I was blown away when, when I first watched that. Well, this people group, which is a remote Muslim unreached people group in Western China, the very people that we are trying to reach for 2017, they have been, um, identified by this pastor. I'm sitting in the vehicle right now with him, his driver, and one of our Back to Jerusalem worker partners. Um, and we are on our way to the city of Guangzhou right now as we're tra traveling. Uh, one of uh, the pastors is going to fly out. He has some uh, churches that he's going to be speaking to. And then I'm going to go to fly out to one of our English schools, or I'm going to uh, take a train to one of our English schools and to talk with them about recordings that we're doing in Western China because this year for 2017, Western China, the unreached people groups is a big, big focus for us. So we just supported a humanitarian project for 15,000 US dollars. You are a supporter of that. Um, we have uh, children from this Muslim minority group that are now for the very first time attending education classes every single day. Children from a Muslim minority group that are learning to speak Mandarin Chinese. Their teachers are all back to Jerusalem missionaries that are serving together with this pastor, sharing the gospel with these children every day single day what happens with the imam only God knows but with the children seeds are being planted every day into the hearts of these Muslim children that are a part of an unreached people group brothers and sisters that are listening to this podcast right now let me say these children are no longer unreached they are hearing from missionaries every single day being brought up in a classroom. Imagine your child sitting in a classroom every single day studying ABC, studying math. Uh, you know, if you have children and they are attending school, you can imagine what they're doing every single day. I mean, this is a big problem, especially in the West, in Europe and America, because children are being secularized eight hours a day. And it's very, very effective. I mean, if we look at our societies today, the impact of so many generations of children that have been taken away from uh, Christian education and being given a secular education. And I'm totally fine with not teaching religion in the classroom. However, that's not what's happening. If you just would teach academics, I'd be very happy with that. And that's what we really push for our children in Asia. I have two children that are both attending. Uh, so I have one in high school and one that in his uh, uh, third year of high school and one that's about ready just to start high school. Um, 
both of the, uh, our, our oldest son, we actually had to take out of school and put him in a Christian school, a Christian homeschool. So he's been homeschooled at the moment just to get him a little bit of a balance from what he was receiving at his secular school. My youngest son is still going to the secular school uh, because he hasn't been inundated as much as my older son. But anyway... We saw the impact of every single day, eight hours a day, five days a week, being in a classroom with teachers that are inundating them with secularization, with almost anti-Christian teaching. It's it's extremely effective. Now, imagine that. Muslim children coming every single day. They don't have exposure anywhere else. So it's a completely different situation than with my children. With my children, the language that they speak is also the language at the school. It's also the language of their society. Whereas these children, the language that they speak in their society, the language that they speak at home, is a completely different language than they are speaking at the school. So at the school, they're learning this completely new language. And within that language, they're also learning new culture. And within that new culture, they're also picking up many things all from back to Jerusalem missionaries. That made me so excited that as soon as I got a free moment, I had to do a quick podcast and share that with you. I pray that that makes you just as excited as it does for me. I pray that you continue to pray for us here in China, Back to Jerusalem. And thank you for listening to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. God bless.